I have been surprised with my capacity to to adapt and to come up with new ideas and mm-hmm. to try new things and to yeah not fall into despair because that's really easy um in this season but yeah flexibility i will say we are so as human beings we're so resilient Mm. and we don't realize how resilient we are until we are in the midst of the storm Welcome, Eva. I'm super glad to sit with you again. Um, Super (laughs) excited. I think I started thinking you'd be great to have back on the podcast back in November. And we're in a new year. Yes. Spring, new season. It's spring here in Switzerland. And you are the first guest on season two that I get to sit with with person. So I'm over excited. (laughs) Thank you for having me again. I feel so honored. <laughs> and it's uh, so much nicer to actually be in front of you. So I'm really glad. That's definitely special because the f- the first time I had you on, we did it via Zoom because yeah. I was living in a different country. So, uh, yeah, big changes in a good way because now yeah. I'm in Switzerland <laughs> with you and we get to do this in person. Hey, um, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, waiting for spring to actually get a little bit warmer. <laughs> um, but no, it's been it's been a difficult season, but it's been also really exciting to go through different uh, things and being able to actually do some projects that I didn't know it was going to be possible. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm doing good. Great. Um, I think a question that might be really helpful to start with is for you to share a little bit about who you are, the work that you do, which I am a huge fan of. <laughs> Thank um, you. Whatever you don't share now, I'm sure people can go back to season mm. one and listen to your episode where we have a more extensive version of your background yeah. and story. But yeah. Um, well, I'm going to try not to repeat everything that I say. Um, but for those that don't know, my name is Eva, Eva Monnier, and I originally come from Dominican Republic. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I live in Dominican Republic until age 21. Um, I went to, I went to law school. I have been always a very creative person, um, very interested in art and creativity since a very young age. I think like my father instilled that passion in me. Mm. Uh, but you know, life in the, the idea in Dominican Republic, which I think is similar to pretty much the whole world <laughs> is that um, you need to get a career and 
a career in art is not really a career. So mm. uh, I went to law school and quickly understood that that was not <laughs> my path. Uh, it took me a while to to have the courage to quit, but I did, and I went to move to Canada and pursue um, arts and specifically dance. Um, and then also to accompany young people from all over the world in, in their pursuit of a life of arts and faith. Mm. And I think those six years that I spent uh, in Canada and as well traveling the world were really, really amazing experience and very formative years. And then, I met my now husband in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got married in 2015 and moved to to here, uh, Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think at the beginning was the plan was to stay only for a year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the plan was to stay for a year and then see where to go next. But, you know, plans change, and it's been already six years here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I think in 2015, I was. it was a year, for me, it was a sabbatical, and it was a year where I was trying to figure out what I really wanted to do with my life and what was the path that I, that I wanted to take. Uh, what was my vision and um, and yeah I think that year I decided to start my studies in art therapy expressive arts therapy uh, which I didn't start until 2017 because in 2016 I got my my son Matthias uh, our firecracker oh he's so cute uh, <laughs> Uh, but I started in 2017 and I absolutely love the idea of like having creativity at the center of your studies because it's so, it's so natural, um, to mm-hmm. us as human beings. So I really, I really love that they, the studies were all about putting creativity in their arts. Uh, the art making process at the center and how that helps you to to navigate life and, and and the things that you can learn through that about yourself about shaping the world around you the situations around you and I think that gave me a lot of tools that I now use uh, in my work right now I'm an event designer um, I started my company, Avoda Living, in 2018. So it's going to be soon three years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like three years. <laughs> um, but it's been, it's been a really amazing journey to, um, yeah, just to be present with people and to, I don't know, like walk with them in terms of, uh, cultivating their creativity, but also bringing celebration um, mm. and bringing uh, slow living and bringing 
just beauty and hope to our everyday life. So it's been really amazing um, to see how everything from my passions when I was a kid now is like everything coming together. Mm. Um, and it took a while to be brave and to follow that path. But I'm so glad that I did because now, I don't know, it's like when you finally arrive to that place that you know that you are meant to be. Mm. Um, so that's a little bit of my background. <laughs> um, so I'm really, I'm really glad to, to be here and to, to continue this process, you know, because it's not, it's not over as I grow and as my company grows and as my family um, continue uh, to grow. I think it's just a, a really, a really special journey. Not always easy, but really precious. Mm. Thanks so much for sharing that. I, I, I love your story. And I think what you guys do with Avoda Living is so important, I think. Mm. Not just because it caters to some people, but because for me and my journey also, it's this effort, genuine effort that you put into saying, okay, how do you cultivate creativity as part of life as opposed to something we only do mm, yeah. um, and I think that you guys do that so beautifully with Avoda and the way you combine rest creativity and celebration mm. I'm like your evangelist I'm always telling people about you guys <laughs> when you were sharing I was thinking about transition and you know change and uh, something that I want people to remember or at least listeners is that we never have one story of change or transition or waiting in life right it's like this is part of the human um life cycle mm. it's like it always comes and goes and so i know i already asked you this question in season one but because <laughs> the world is nuts <laughs> And so much, so much has changed in, well, everything. Yeah. Um, I would love for you to share something that you, an ongoing process that, of course, you're comfortable mm -hmm. to share about a liminal space. <sighs> I mean, we're all right in the middle of it, right? Um, yes. Trying to think. Well, for me, there has been two, two parts of it. Um, I think personally, the whole isolation and basically mainly the isolation that has come with COVID. Mm. I, think, I think we all struggle with that. Um, some people, uh, as me, we are... I'm, I'm a people person. <laughs> I, I love to invite people over. I love to, to connect with people. I love to have meaningful, deeper connections. And even in terms with family, not being able to, to really see them, to mm. really, I don't know, like the, the loss of community. Uh, life has been very difficult for me. 
Um, and that is something that I'm still dealing with. Um, but I think at the same time, I have been trying to to see the silver lining and see also um, the process that I have been inwards, like dealing with my own um, things and, and just learning about myself as well. And then in terms of my business, my work, that has been another challenge. Mm. <laughs> you know, we, we our work evolves around gathering people, basically, which mm. you cannot do. So on one side, um, there's been very little business or income. Mm. Um, and because Avoda is like, it's like my baby, <laughs> you know, it, it, it has been such a product of love and, mm. and passion. And having to deal with the questions of is this going to survive or like what do I do to make it through mm. <laughs> the other way, you mm. know, like make it through the other side. Um, and also like trying to figure out creative ways of keeping the momentum and, and not necessarily pivot, but like how to how to stay true to the heart of our company mm. in a time when what we do is not possible, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's been definitely a learning curve. It's not been a straight path. I think it's been uh, moments where I'm like, okay, it's going to be great. Like we went... I'm someone very uh, visionary, so I'm like, if something doesn't work, we still have to like take another path to get to the to the vision. And but there are other moments when like I cannot do this anymore, <laughs> <laughs> or being so close of you know just quitting. And then I remember why I started and. And that helps me to to continue mm -hmm. and to persevere. So definitely, definitely a uh, liminal space. <laughs> um, but the good thing, and this is something I think I already mentioned um, on the first episode that I was part of, um, is that it doesn't last forever. Mm -hmm. Right now, it feels that it's like, dragging so for so long but somehow sometime it has to it has to end you know so um i'm getting comfort in that <laughs> mm. that is gonna get better when you were sharing i was thinking about a conversation that i've had in the in the past few weeks with different people and that conversation um was around second win as a as a phenomenon and and there's a lot of background to what second win is mm. and I have also been talking to people about uh, perseverance and hope and why anyone should commit to getting on a journey where second wind is possible mm. right because second wind 
comes only after you endure something. And then I also had a, a strange conversation about vision the other day with another person where it was like, well, what is the, what is the value of thinking about the future? In a very, like in a, in a serious way. Mm-hmm. As you were sharing, I thought, oh my gosh, like there it is. Because if you don't have a why to remember, it's like, well, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that why to remember is very linked to vision. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the tricky thing with uh, second wind, which I always tell people is, there are certain journeys and certain experiences you shouldn't endure. And it's it, and you shouldn't be, you know, persevere and see you through because it might be deadly or stupid. Yeah. Like, don't do that. <laughs> so you really need to pay attention and do the groundwork of, I am convinced that I should be on this journey. This is my life. Yeah. Uh, because when you encounter liminal space. I think that that sustains you, that remembering why. So when you were talking, I just remember that and I thought, oh my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that vision really does ground us in, in terms of going when there is suffering or pain or change, that there is something that we can anchor ourselves to. Mm-hmm that then doesn't make those experiences excruciating in, or, or even life-threatening, mm-hmm. whether figuratively or physically. So I'm really glad you shared that bit because that's where my brain went. I yeah. was like, ah, because I'm also trying to figure out like, well, what is the point, right? Like, you know, we talk about vision and hope and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, is it just nice to talk about those or to take seriously because they're not, they're, they're beyond ideas. They, they're what, keep our mm-hmm. feet on the ground and help us to navigate. Yeah. I want to talk about hope with you a little bit. Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from having these ideas as some like, okay, you should know where your life is moving toward because it's good. Like, I feel like hope, if you don't have hope, <laughs> there is no way you would move toward the future. Because mm-hmm. like, what is the point? So I wanted to, Ask if you can make sense of it now. Like, what is hope? But also, how do you see it manifest itself in this season that you're in? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, hope is like one of the big words, right? (laughs) Um, And I think it goes beyond just a nice little word to help us get cheer up. It has to do a lot with perseverance and and also with imagination. Mm. Uh, because hope is like believing that you can reach that thing that you're imagining, you know? Like mm. you you have to imagine that it is possible. And so, um, as someone who is very visual, um, I always get these images that for me are hope, hopeful, mm. and that help me to like, okay, I need to, I need to continue. As a person of faith as, as well, I, I think for me, hope has to do a lot with faith that again, 
is so connected to imagination because mm. you are believing in this moment that what you're hoping or what you want or what you dream of in the future is possible and you're imagining it right now like as something tangible and real. Mm. So, um, again, as I was saying before, uh, for me personally, as a person of faith, it has to do with the belief that I have someone, I have God on my mm. side, mm. and that He's gonna, He's going to help me through. He's going to to help me reach the mm. other side, um, and that no matter the process that I'm going through, He has given me the skills, He has given me the tools, He has put around me the people to sustain me and to and also he has given me the the images he has given me the the vision um and to and the courage to mm. to continue uh holding on to that hope um mm. i don't know how yeah i don't know how hope will played out without faith to be honest i have to think more on that one mm. um but i think you're like it's so interesting because i just recorded an episode with mick and that was something that was crystal clear to me talking with him about some of these ideas mm-hmm. it was like they're all interconnected mm-hmm. like hope and faith and vision um, and the future, it's yeah. like if you pull one apart, there's something missing. Yeah. And it's uh, then what you are saying makes perfect sense. It's like faith and hope are interconnected. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, of course, they're different because they're nuances to them. Mm-hmm. But I think if you ha- you're holding one in a healthy way, it will encourage you to incorporate mm-hmm. the others yeah. and vice versa. It's like these are things that we need to hold in tension. Um, but I really, really love what you were talking about with hope and imagination. Sometimes hope could be like, because you know how we use these words, like, I hope this happens, or I hope yeah. that happens. And I think most of the time we want to use the wor- word wish, like, yeah. I wish something happened. Um, because I think, or oh, I believe hope is something a lot deeper. Mm. So if it's something that en- engages our imagination, part of me is like, of course, mm. because then you need to see into the future you need to engage yourself it's in an intentional act oh yeah it is it is definitely an intentional act you cannot just say like oh i hope hmm. you really need to make a conscious effort to say okay i have hope in this mm. or i hope for this and and being an intentional effort requires pretty much your whole being (laughs) Mm, mm. you know it's not just it's not just you forcing your body to hope or your mind to hope but if you really need to engage your all your senses you need to engage your creativity you need to engage who you are as a person um so it takes it takes a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. not necessarily something that comes, um, might not necessarily come easily, 
but I, as I have been through so many phases in my life, I feel like that is also, as creativity is all, hope is also another muscle that we need to train. Mm-hmm. And, and there, there are moments that we're not gonna feel very hopeful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, this might be an example of a season that we might struggle with feeling hopeful, mm-hmm. but then we need to decide. We need to make a decision like, yes, but mm. I'm still going to, I'm still going to hope and I'm going to, I'm going to be intentional about it. Mm. It's it's beautiful the way you've put it together, I think. Hey, you mentioned initially that a lot of us are grieving the fact that we're in isolation and there's a disconnection with our community or what we thought to be a community. So I want to talk with you a little bit about community. What are some of your thoughts about that? Because I feel like it's a difficult question to ask. Like it's Mm. not as simple as just go virtual. I think that there's something about community in the traditional sense that is almost irreplaceable. Again, I don't know, like we will find out, Mm -hmm. but how can we think about community in this season um, as something that is essential to how we live a healthy life, but also not become kind of complacent and spectators like, oh, whenever the world opens again or whatever (laughs) phrases we're using these days, then, oh, then I will just carry on. Because as time goes by, right, we adapt and we cultivate new lifestyles. That is a question that I have been pondering about for the last, I don't even know how many months. Uh, And it's hard to answer. It is hard, definitely. But I think there have been two two parts some people have realized that they don't actually have a community Mm. uh, during this time so the pandemic in a way has opened their eyes to to that reality like oh i don't actually have a community Mm. Um, and how can i how can i remediate that i don't know if that's the right remedy Uh, and then on the other side, for me, uh, specifically it has been like, how can I cultivate togetherness? How can I cultivate community when you cannot really see people? Mm -hmm. And I have a really hard time with anything online. (laughs) (laughs) Um... And it's just not the same, mm. you know, physical. We as human beings, we need connection. We need togetherness. We need community to thrive. Mm. And, and I just, I don't, I don't really have the answer, um, to the question on how do we cultivate community? Um, I think for me, what I have been doing is to 
to be intentional about reaching out to people, mm. uh, even if it's seen just one friend at a time or uh, whenever the <laughs> whenever the the regulations change like oh now we can see five people now five Yay! people and they're like okay now they change to ten okay ten people quick <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I might not feel very proud to say this but sometimes I have been breaking the rules honestly I have been breaking the rules to see people um, because sometimes that feels more um, I don't know it feels more that it makes more sense to my well-being and mm. to those around me than just say isolated mm. Mm. and I say this because <laughs> for example uh, recently I invited some a family a friend of ours to our home and I think it was during the time where we have the five people rule indoors that was hard and we were eight so counting the kids you know they they have three kids i have one so basically if you're a family you were not you were not able to see anyone true story yeah <laughs> so i With the, their agreement, of course, you know, them feeling comfortable with it, we decide to see each other. Mm. And so I'm not with this, I'm not necessarily instigating people to break the rules. <laughs> that's not my, mm. my, um, that's not the point. But I think. I don't know. I I feel that this is is going to really affect society. Mm. Um, and we are seeing this already. People don't have to even relearn to how to communicate or mm. how to interact with someone. And I have experienced it as well after the the first semi confinement. Mm. It was like so weird to to talk to someone, even if that was a really close friend. So that's to say uh, something. Uh, we're not we're not meant to be alone. Mm. We're meant to to connect on a deeper level with people, and that can only be through community. Yeah. Mm. So, well, I love what you're saying because I, I what I get from you, Sherry, is that we I shouldn't be a spectator to all this because by default, then I adapt or my life adapts to something that perhaps I don't want to cultivate. Mm. So it's like, how do you become intentional about con keeping connection or finding ways to still? Um, make sure that your community, you're, you're nurturing that relationships because if we don't nurture relationships, they fall apart. Yeah. Um, 
And as you're sharing, because I mean, it can be a very touchy subject, isn't it? It's like, oh, who broke the rules? Who did it? Like, da, 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 da. But I think for me, it's like, it's really important to also consider what rules are for. Because we're not animals, right? Like we're human beings. You use your brain, you think about a rule. And it's a, a rule gives us a standard to aim for, but not necessarily in, in a way that, you know, if you're going to die and there's a rule that says don't do this, it's like you consider that. And I think that that's part of being intentional and being an active participant in what is going on. You can get creative too around that. For example, um, we did a lot of walks in nature with friends and mm-hmm. had a picnic which with the spring being so windy and cold was oh. really difficult <laughs> I see but what you mean. it was it was so good um so i think we also can find ways to to be creative and still nurture our relationships mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. And it's not simple. And I see that in my own life because it's like, as an introvert, I have to say that I have taken advantage of all the restrictions. (laughs) It's like, it can be easy to self-isolate. And I I hear you. I think that that's a really important perspective to hold. Like, I want to make sure that I'm not just letting things happen. And I'm because by default we're we're taking things mm-hmm. in and they're affecting us so I, we want to be alert so that you know in 2022 2023 whenever <laughs> this whole thing kind of the sooner be- the better <laughs> <laughs> whenever it settles we don't wake up and go oh i don't know what my life is anymore mm-hmm. and i don't know how to connect with people i think that that's a really important perspective to hold what surprised you about this season? I think what surprised me the most was the level of flexibility that I'm capable of. Mm. Um, which reminds me of a a nice little quote that we adopted when um, I was in Haiti in 2010. It's like, bless are the flexible... <laughs> Um, because they will not be broken. <laughs> Something along those lines. And, I love uh, <laughs> it. I should definitely adopt that. Bless that the flexible condition not be broken. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think I have been surprised with my capacity to to adapt and to come up with new ideas and mm-hmm. to try new things and to yeah not fall into despair because that's really easy um, in this season but yeah flexibility I will say we are so as human beings we are so resilient mm. and we don't realize how resilient we are until we are in the midst of the storm mm. and how, yeah, we're like bamboo. <laughs> the wind moves all around, but they don't break. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, speaking of trees, here's a funny tale that is totally a tangent. But <laughs> two weeks ago, we had such strong winds here. Like, it was crazy. Mm. Uh, I think it was like 35 kilometers per hour or something oh. like that. Um, and I thought to myself, hey, I lived in Sweden. I can withstand wind. Nothing is going to... Because in Sweden, <laughs> there's a saying that there's not no such thing as bad weather. Only bad, bad clothing. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, I'm totally prepared for this. And I went on a walk and I regretted it because uh, it was just me and the cows on the, and, and the, <laughs> and the farmer. <laughs> As I was walking, I felt like my body move with yeah. the wind. Um, and then I, I had a thought because I, I saw all these, you know how you see small trees and you're like, oh, that's a small tree. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that tree is totally standing. Like yeah. that tree is stronger than me <laughs> well m- my friend said to me it's because they have roots that reach yeah. to the ground i'm like yeah sure but when you're <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. about bamboo i was like yeah trees oh. are really resilient because even if a bamboo is so thin mm. and it's um would you say a girt or like in its dimensions it's yeah. so it's so solid and like it's just there that's that's a beautiful end, end of my short <laughs> random story um <laughs> I love the image of you with the cows. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally me and the cows. And I, um, anyway, I was like... It doesn't get more sweet than that. Because, <laughs> like, the cows were, like, on a straight line. Very Swiss. Like, they were on a queue. And then this one cow, like, deviated and started coming straight at me. And thank God, like, two weeks earlier, I was working with my friend. And she said to me, well, when they do that, you need to stretch out your arms. And I thought, well, why? Um, Because we had another friend there that, uh, like, she was taking photo. It was a photo shoot. She was taking photos and a cow was coming. She's like, stretch out your arms. And and she did. And the cow stopped, like, a pause. And I was like, oh. So I did that on this walk. And the cow turned around, like, started running away. And I turned to the farmer. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I got scared. And now the cow is scared. It was a truly bizarre experience. Uh-huh, I have learned but anything now. Yes. Now I know I, can, I have to stretch my If arm. ever you need to do that. I felt bad because I was like, I don't want you to run away. I just want you to move. Don't <laughs> stop coming toward me. But it totally worked. So, yeah. It's random Swiss stories about cows <laughs> and trees. I think, so. What, like when you talk about resilience, um, I think I say it so often that it might become like a broken record, but this is super important. The fact that liminal space experiences really offer you a genuine chance to do something new and creative. Mm. And not just new and creative, like a little kind of adjustment or a a tweaking of Mm -hmm. something, but generally that you could create something new. Um, And it cultivates creativity. And I feel like even observing my life, it's so easy to not latch onto that because it's like, well, you're trying to like make sense of life or like find comfort or whatever. You're mm-hmm. trying to find something to get away from that. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about creativity, which uh, is so hard sometimes to talk about it because it's become such a buzzword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
But let's talk about creativity and the opportunities that liminal space seasons offer us. Because when you're talking about resilience, which I mentioned earlier, and I kind of moved on from that. But when you become resilient, it means that you're able to kind of stay with a process long enough (laughs) that um, when you are able to navigate a difficult journey or season, you then become resilient. Mm -hmm. It's not something that just happens. And for me, it's like creativity and resilience are connected. Um, And so it's like, well, how do you process or see that um, in your life? It, and and in terms of like not just like creativity because we're all capable of it even though that's true and that's a sermon I always preach on the podcast <laughs> but um exploring that in liminal space I could talk about creativity for a long time so <laughs> please let's do how long do you have um okay where do I start so yes Creativity is intrinsic, is innate to who we are as human beings. That is undeniable. That is just ingrained mm. in who we are, in our DNA. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why are, we are different than other species. Mm. Our creativity, our ability to shape something uh, to bring new something uh, into existence, to and really the capacity to to shape the world around us, or mm. to shape our response to the world around us and what that world throws at us. Mm. So. Um, I think even the creative process in itself is similar to a liminal space. Mm. Uh, And what I mean by this is that me as a creative, as an artist, there is a point where I might have an idea, um, but there's always like an awkwardness or not necessarily an awkwardness, but like a barrier that I need to to get past in mm. order to really enter into the creative process and to really let my um, my mind my my being to enter into that state of flow um, where I'm completely focused on on the process and during that process. I don't know. There is something so special about art, um, mm. at least in the way that I have experienced it, and is that, and the way that I have experienced it with my clients when I do therapy sessions is that the simplest exercise, art exercise, we can always find clues about the resources that we have in mm. our, within ourselves mm. to deal with whatever situation. So it always ties back um, with how we're living in our world, like mm. how we're living 
uh, whatever situation that we are going through. So, I don't know, like, for me, cultivating that creativity, and especially in the art-making process, uh, it's just, it's almost like a digging process. I'm digging into myself, mm. and I'm digging into the possibilities. And one of the reasons why I love the work I do and helping people cultivate that creativity is because I have this invitation or um, opportunity to to be part of a little revolution. For me, like mm. art and creativity is a doorway to little revolutions, whether that or bigger revolutions, mm. and that start within ourselves to. You know, for me, a little revolution <laughs> will be a change in in our in our perception, a change in our ways of thinking, our change, um, a change in in how we are dealing with something, mm-hmm. um, or it can go to bigger revolutions where it affects change. In the world, and we have so many examples of that, of artwork uh, that really started a movement mm. um, for change in a society. Mm. I think of the this novel, um, Uncle Tom's Cabin, and how it was one of the reasons for the American Civil War. Mm. War, and this other book. Um, I can remember the the name exactly. It's one day in the life of even something by this Russian um, author um, Solzhenitsky. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name. It's something like that. I know who you're talking about, but I can't help Um, (laughs) with a better pronunciation. It was. you know, it helped bring down the Soviet Union mm. or paintings that illustrated a reality that people were not able to to see or or didn't want it to see and by an artwork. Mm. Um, they were confronted with that reality. And when you're confronted with that reality, you have two choices. You have you can just be indifferent or you can act. Mm. So it really is this opportunity to to bring change in in our lives and in our societies. Mm. Um, and and that's really, I mean, I'm so so glad to be part of that in my little way. Mm. Um, I love when you always refer to art when I chat Mm -hmm. with you because it's like it's so key because all of us have a relationship with art whether we realize it or not and in some ways we're creating that because it's very innate and it's so interesting okay let me give you an example Mm. Uh, usually in all the sessions that I have done with clients whether that be with an 8 year old or with a, I don't know, 50-year-old, 
there is always this resistance at the beginning. I'm not creative. I'm not an artist. Mm. And so you... You have to navigate that. And at the end, I love, 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 love the response. Because they, they're always surprised. I'm like, oh, I did that? And whether that be writing a, a really short poem mm. or doing, you know, a drawing or making a flower bouquet or like there are so many expressions to, to creativity. Mm. And there is always this surprise. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that I was capable of that. Mm. And that is, I don't know, like, that's like fi- finding the gold in people, you know, <laughs> and, and, and helping them to see that. Um, yeah, that we, we are more capable of what we think, but we have to go through the process mm. to be able to find out. Um, which ties back with this idea of resilience. You know? mm-hmm. it, it is true when you when you share about like the resistance. Mm-hmm. It is I I see it also, but I I see it in people, but I see it in myself mm-hmm. sometimes as well. It's like, oh no, you know, <laughs> I'm not an artist. Like I'm very careful with paints, for example, yeah. because I feel like I love abstract art, yeah. and um, I feel like growing up in wanting to dabble in that and people like the responses of just like killed. <laughs> so I have a very interesting relationship yeah. with that. So I, I recognize resistance as like, you know, something that it is an initial response, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's innate. So it comes out mm-hmm. when you engage uh, in it. But thank you for sharing that. That's really powerful. What mm-hmm. would you say um, are the key ingredients for, moving toward a bright future? You always come up with, like, such good questions. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm very careful with giving, like, oh, follow this Hmm. one, two, three, ten, seven, twelve points, and your life is going to be great. Like, I am... Signed, Ava. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think the first thing is to define what a bright future is for mm. you personally. Because my bright future mm. might not be the same as yours or the person next to, to me. So I think like defining what it, what it means for you personally that's the first step. And again, or might be... <laughs> well, okay. It's true. You know, like when people say stuff, you know whether it's like BS or yeah. like subjective or not. But I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> no, but the thing is, if we know what it means, like if I know what I want my future to be for me, then that is going to help me decide what steps to take towards Mm. it. Mm. And that's going to help me to not compare myself or my journey to the person next to me. Mm. Because that's the problem um, when you compare your journey uh, with the person next to you. 
and there is like such an issue with comparison in our society mm. so i think like deciding and before i i mention your why okay what is your bright future look like and why do you want it to look like that mm. and then after those two things i think there is a good cocktail of perseverance and imagination and creativity and community like you cannot do it alone and mm. this is something that we need to understand we need people um, around us and and also being accountable with mm. other ones mm. around us because there are going to be times when you're gonna take the wrong turn or um, you're gonna you're gonna lose sight of what that future um, is meant to be for you mm. and being able to to have those warriors to have those people uh, next to you that can help you to you know be- get back in track. Mm. But I think also the ability to um, to adapt, because sometimes we have a very narrow mind. It's like this is the way to my future, and then you're sometimes you're gonna see that oh, actually I have to take this little detour mm-hmm. to get there, or there's gonna there's going to be a barrier and I have to do things to remove the barrier or so yes ad- adaptability is is one definitely mm. and I don't know um, oh. I, I love I, I think I love this idea of beauty as well um and, you know, beauty is such a misused word uh, these days because we have we have reduced it to this to this I don't know superficial mm-hmm. vision of what beauty is and beauty standards and all that. But for me, beauty is all about what it is good and what it is true mm. and and so for me one thing that helps me to pursue that bright future is to to be aware of beauty around me and to cultivate beauty in my life and there are so many facets to that mm. um, I think beauty and hope are so interconnected as well so, yeah, I think there's some. <laughs> Those are some of my key <laughs> points. Um, yeah. Well, oh my gosh, there's so many things that you said like there that I just want to like latch onto because I like I'm gonna do an episode on vision because mm-hmm. I think it's so vital to how we navigate life, right? 
um, I, I talked a lot about creativity and um, the idea of, of looking at life as a playground. If you see the future and you look at it as a playground rather than a, a prison, then That's it good. makes your the the journey of getting there mm. or of m- making that what you see become a tangible reality mm. like it makes it meaningful mm. and that's that's essentially what we're we're yearning for as yeah. humans right it's meaning jason jagger talks about passion um as being something that you're willing to suffer for. Mm. So it's like mm. a lot of us think about passion as like this jolly, good feely thing. Mm. And he's like, you you know what you're passionate about and you know what you're willing to suffer mm. for. And yeah. um, suffering is a given in life. And what makes it bearable, what mm. makes it meaningful, yeah. I think is exactly what you're talking about. It's like, what what is the bright future for you mm. and why? And then you can harness like your, your creativity, your being, and, and then the journey makes sense because then you're willing to persevere in it to get to second win because you know where you're going to. And also with this idea of playground, what I love is that it's fun, you know? Yes. Uh, I think we as adults, we have lost this ability to play and to, to have fun in the mix of, you know, whatever is going through and to imagine that future in, yeah, like you say, in a playground, there are so many possibilities. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, so I definitely love that, mm. that image. Yeah, it is because again, it's like there's so unbelievable resistance mm. when we use those that that word playground yeah. in our work we see it all the time people are like we're not kids you know like <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about you're on serious but then you're like well mm. what is what a deep sadness yeah. that there is something very human about being able to play mm. uh, that we've lost and then Okay, I can I can get lost <laughs> a little bit in like all this because again that is something that is related to to my studies in art mm-hmm. therapy and to my work, and it's like play is the very first way that we learn. Mm-hmm. You know, we learn through play, and we learn through exploring what it is around us and like the possibilities that we have around us, and so. I think that is such a good thing when we think about our future, you know, like what are the possibilities there mm-hmm. and what can I explore and how and like what things can I learn? Mm. Um, well, you should definitely listen to Mick's episode because <laughs> we talked about that a lot. Like where do you get courage from mm-hmm. and where do you build community? It all mm-hmm. starts on the playground. Oh, uh... It's like... <laughs> Uh, I'm excited to listen to it. I, it gives me great joy that when I chat with like different guests, they're uh, overarching themes. And I think that when mm. you start to observe patterns, they reveal to you reality. Mm. And so just yeah. that, that connection, I think, is really, really important. And I'm so happy mm. 
about that. The second thing that you said, everything you said about my last question, by the <laughs> way, I agree. But I wanted to highlight too, because I'm a, I, I read Jordan Peterson's books and I love Jordan Peterson's <laughs> thoughts and everything that he does. Well, that I have heard so far, but in his new book, Beyond Order, which is absolutely beautiful. I will have to get it. You can take a copy of mine. I have to. Okay. I have like a, that's what, how much I love Jordan <laughs> Peterson's. Like, please take a copy. We can exchange with Makoto Fujimura. I yes, absolutely. No, but I, he's such a helpful, um, in a, like, I mean, helpful, mm-hmm. just not just an intellectual, but a sort of a father figure that like, I don't understand why some people you know, have issues with what he shares because I I think he's spot on. He's helped me to gain so much perspective about life. Okay, now Um, I want to get on that book right away. (laughs) Seriously, you can take it home with you tonight. But I, um, what I was going to say is what you talked about beauty and in one of his uh, 12 rules in this, it's called uh, Beyond Order, but it's like 12 more rules to life. And he talks about beauty because mm. in in his first book, 12 Rules for Life, he talks a lot about how you need to clean up your life or like mm. figuratively like clean up your room. But then he, now he talks about the fact that, well, when you clean up your room, like what goes in there mm. can't be empty. Yeah. And he talks about the importance of beauty. And so I think the rules say something like uh, pick a, a room or part or somewhere in your house and make it as beautiful as you possibly can. Mm. I think there's there's such a deep value because Mm. we become cynical about beauty sometimes also. And I'm like, no, this is innate. It's part of who we are as humans. Mm. And it's not just a silly idea for kids or for, you know, like hippies or whatever. Mm. It's like, we need to take this seriously. We need Mm. to cultivate beauty. And so when you said that, I just remembered his book and I'm like, Hallelujah. <laughs> We're on, definitely on now, the same wavelength. Beauty is, beauty is another theme that I could go on and on and on about it because, yeah, as, as just the world in general has become so cynical about it. Mm. And, and for me, beauty is truly essential to our thriving. No, mm. um, the word didn't need to be beautiful, but it is. And I have this theory <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> I still have to like get some more uh, content to it, and, and but I, I have this idea that beauty is not, it's not something, you know, because. But it's, it goes, it's like an experience. And let me, let me unpack this. Mm-hmm. Um, you might find something beautiful that I don't find it beautiful or vice versa. But no matter the object of your admiration or the object that you find or the, the thing that you find beautiful, you're going to have the same experience inside you like the same emotional response um and that might be i don't know we 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 
we feel this expansion inside us. At least that's how I feel it. Mm. When we see this beautiful uh, sunrise in the mountain or at the beach, or we see this beautiful um, bird with like so many colors and you're like amazed at creation, mm. or you see this act of generosity that moves you to tears or like this something um, like the relationship between a mom and and her child and mm. like those moments of tenderness or like there are so many things that are beautiful and no matter why you find beautiful or aesthetic pleasing there is always this response within you that it's so like it's almost extravagant. It's almost mm. like I don't know. Like it's, <laughs> it's divine, so it's it? so wonderful. Yeah. Like, um, and so it might it might not be essential to to our survival, but we are called to more than survival. We're mm. called to to mm. thrive. Mm. And to to help the world thrive, and I think like beauty is essential to that. Mm-hmm. So like, how do we cultivate more beauty in our lives? How do we cultivate more beauties in our homes, in our relationships? And how does that look like tangibly, in like tangible ways? Um, so yeah, that is. Powerful. I love it. I'm looking forward to having a conversation about beauty with you <laughs> at some point. Thank you so much for sharing all those, Ava. So good. I'm looking forward to listening to this entire conversation again. Um, as you know, it's my habit to ask you random questions. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember. <laughs> Stina is like, are you going to keep like asking random questions? I'm like, yes. <laughs> okay. I'm bracing myself. Let's see. Brace yourself. <laughs> First random question. What do most people not know about you? Oh. Um. Mm-hmm. I'm such an open book sometimes. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um. That is a really hard question. <laughs> uh, I seriously cannot think of something. Wow, you're truly an open no, book then. Uh, I'm sure that I... I um, okay, this is something. Uh, I think like most people don't know that I struggle with seasonal depression. Uh-huh. Um, it's not something that I necessarily talk or... <laughs> um, but I I really have a hard time in winter. And it takes, you know, it takes a, quite an effort for me to, you know get out and and do things and just like my energy levels go really down and um but it's usually you know during the winter <laughs> mm. 
Understandably so, um, so. Yeah, I think because I, I usually somewhat very upbeat and yeah. um, you know smiley and whatever. <laughs> so well, you truly uh, <laughs> are. You truly are. I can. Um, so I think that will be. But it's not something that I necessarily hide. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that that's what fascinates yeah. me about this question. It's not like a hidden thing. It's yeah. like there is just things that most yeah. people don't know. Like, if I would answer that question, like, mm-hmm. most people don't know that I love hugs. <laughs> I oh, do. Yeah. I genuinely do. I just don't love all hugs. Yeah. So, um People are often surprised yeah. by that. Or when they see me hug another person, they're like, oh, hey. Yeah. Like, hey. But so it's kind yeah. of those details I think are really fascinating. Yeah. So uh, I know that you love to travel mm-hmm. and you haven't had the chance to travel oh, <laughs> in the last two years. That has been so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would be the first place you visit? When you're able to travel and have a good time, like not for work okay. or like, oh, I have to do this. But yeah. like the first destination. You uh, like to go. That's such a good question. Um, well, my first thought will be Italy. Mm. I, I absolutely <laughs> love Italy. But I also been fascinated with Japan, so I really want to go there. Um, we'll see. We can have that trip together. Yeah. I also want to like go to Japan. Yeah. It's like I I'm, I've started to be super curious yeah. about like their culture, their and aesthetics. It's so, it's so it's there is such a depth to mm. Japanese culture that I want to like uncover and experience firsthand so yeah hmm well let's plan a trip mm-hmm. why not we yeah. don't know when we'll go but but we're going to go <laughs> <laughs> what's one thing you would love people to remember during this season to write down things Mm. And you know what? We are so... It's so easy to forget. Um, so I will say, remember to write down what you're wrestling with. But the, also the good things, like the silver lining and the good things that you're discovering about yourself. Because in the future, there might be similar situations or you might come to hopefully not another <laughs> pandemic <laughs> but <laughs> no one is uh, enough <laughs> one is more than enough but yeah. there will come times and going back to those notes can be so life-giving and can be so helpful to navigate whatever uh, is going on and um, and sometimes we f- we forget that we did go through a storm and that we found that we find the light after mm. um, so writing things down and being able to go back to these things and say like this I went through and I overcame so I am able to do it again. 
That's so beautiful. That's a great way to wrap up this conversation. Eva, I really love talking with you. I think oh, I, I, I talk about you a lot to other people. Because um, I really think that the work you do is important. And I think I've said this before, but I really genuinely believe in it. In, in that I think it's really important I love your spirit I love <laughs> the fact that you sometimes my culture and yours clash it's like oh yeah yeah uh, I love your laughter I, I really appreciate the fact that you are so open and generous with your experiences of what you know Thank you. Uh, and even that. though you know, you, you think you, you don't like giving people advice. I don't think it's advice. I think stories are innate to us as well. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that I try to talk about in the podcast, stories and storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I think when people hear a genuine story, it's not about an advice. It's more that something, something divine resonates with mm-hmm. you. It's like, okay, I'm not, it's not, I'm not doing this or getting inspiration because someone told me to, it's Mm. because it's a genuine human experience. And so I love what you share because it lands with me. So thank you so much for taking the time to come and sit with me to be my (laughs) first guest to have in person and being so gracious. I'm so grateful. Thank you. It's been really an honor. And I think my... My biggest um, gift will be that what I have shared, my my own experience can resonate with people. Uh, because at the end, like the human experience is what we have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that we're not alone. Um, so thank you for having me. And I can come back anytime. <laughs> yes, score. <laughs> <laughs>